time for two blokes talking tech. I just think technology is awesome. Good advice for anyone who is looking for a laptop. For the latest news and information about technology. Now that, that's the guy. <laughs> it's so hard to take a bad photo now with these cameras. I really? think that stuff is just brilliant. It is something that people really need to look at. Two blokes talking tech. Haven't we got the best jobs in the world? We have. <laughs> we absolutely have the best job. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. I love talking technology. And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. Do you really need a 10 megapixel camera to take those images? I'd say not. Two blokes talking tech. Embrace those little ideas there. Have a look around and, and ask questions. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading episode eight, Two Blokes Talking Tech. I'm Trevor Long and with me here in person, Stephen Fennick. Trevor, hello. Mate, this is very weird. We're sitting together here at the uh, headquarters of Research in Motion, the makers of the BlackBerry uh, handsets. Uh, we've, we've been involved in the, a little play, look at the playbook today. We'll talk about that in a moment. But first, we should uh, thank the good people at Netgear, uh, connecting with innovation, lovely and networking products at your home, your routers, your modems, uh, connecting your TV to the internet. The, things like that are be- going to become more and more important. And uh, we thank the good people at Netgear for their support. This is episode eight of Two Blokes Talking Tech. <laughs> Well, as you mentioned, Trevor, it's good to be sitting next to you doing this podcast. It's a bit weird. We're here uh, at the BlackBerry offices. Would you call them luxurious offices? They're quite nice. I think they're um, they're understated. They're very good. They're not they're not too flashy. And uh, we've we've had a look today at the uh, the BlackBerry Playbook. Now this is out uh, in on April nineteen in the north in North America, in the US. Yes, but uh, we we haven't got a date yet for Australia. Well, they're telling us uh, by the end of quarter two, which means before the end of June. Yeah. So, so uh, look, that's not too bad. I mean, Blackberries are always delayed here in Australia. We never get them the same time as the US. Um, but look, here, let's just talk about the playbook book quickly uh we're talking a seven inch device um and it look it's it's 400 grams so it's light let's not talk about that um (laughs) one gigahertz dual core processor available in three modes 16 32 or 64 gig wi-fi only um so there's no 3g version available which is probably the first sort of missing launch i'd say i'd say there will be one down the track that's what i'm hearing but uh what what uh the, the device itself we had a bit of a play with it just a minute ago and the emphasis I, 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 I heard was it's a, it's professional grade tablet they're calling mm. it. So it's not this thing's certainly not just going to be a toy. It's going to be something that that obviously large companies, enterprises maybe may integrate into their networks. Yep. Uh, it's using a QNX operating system, which apparently runs the world according uh, to their presentation. Uh, 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 all what all I read from what I read from the presentation was planes, trains, and automobiles. It seems Absolutely. that everything it, runs it on runs the QNX. The world. That's right. Uh, and, so and, they and say I it's reliable. The professional grade thing is very important because BlackBerry built its name on the secure enterprise uh, solution that they have. And, you know, when all the other guys came into the market, um, they struggled to to hit the enterprise, the corporate market, because they they couldn't Mm -hmm. offer the IT security solutions, um, you know, the firewall solutions and all those kind of encryption solutions that the BlackBerry offers. Mm -hmm. So what they're saying here is that this is a great device and I I don't doubt they see it as being a great fun device, but they also want it to be something that, you know, a CEO or a CFO can happily take with them on a presentation and feel safe. Frankly, if they lose it, yes, that's right. Well, I think the the emphasis there is that it can be used from the CEO mm. to you know the the just a person who just wants to enjoy the multimedia capabilities of it. And I think that uh, the with BlackBerry's already got just a huge name in enterprise already. So this is going to appeal to those companies that want to maintain that security, want to use, want to access their their uh, their own networks. Now, what I found interesting is the way that you can, if you're an existing BlackBerry user, mm. you can actually bridge your BlackBerry to to the playbook and kind of use it as a as a second screen, so you can read your emails and you access your calendar, your corporate information. 
information on that larger screen, but the minute that Bluetooth connection is severed, uh, there's no information left on the playbook. It's all safely retained in your handset. So all your corporate email, your corporate information is actually stored as it is now, encrypted well on your BlackBerry. Uh, And that's, look, these are the crucial sell points that they'll be making. Tell me, we we spent probably half an hour looking at, what was the number one most impressive thing you you saw about it? The speed. Yeah. It was very fast. All the apps opened really quickly, and we, as we saw in the demo, they were running four and five applications at the same time. I think you were playing Need for Speed and had a high-def video running at the same time. This is the thing. Yeah. Multi, this is... I would have to say this is absolute true multitasking. In all yeah. the other devices, you can you can launch an app, a recent app. A lot of the times, it'll remember where you were and stuff like that. But in this thing, we, we launched a video. So a high-definition video was playing. Then we went back and we launched a PowerPoint presentation. Then we went back and looked at some photos. And then I, because we're handing it around the room, then I launched Need for Speed. And I'm playing Need for Speed. I, I swipe, and we'll talk about the bezel swipe in a minute, but I swiped away to see the multitasking, and I could see on the screen in front of me Need for Speed still going with yeah. you know the car out of control because well, I wasn't pushing I it, you and it a video me. running. You handed it to me after you were still playing Need for Speed, and Need for Speed was still running, and I was looking at the other other different apps, and it was still running in the background. I think I had about eight or nine different apps open at the same time. And I opened the pictures and I looked at the video and looked at the browser and everything just popped open really quickly. And, mm. and that, that was the most impressive thing for me. But I kind of like the size of it too. Like it's we, – we've, we've spoken before about what the, the sweet spot is for yeah. tablets. Now, it's this a is a 7-inch screen. So – I think it's a good size, especially if you're going to you're going to carry this around. You're going to want to carry this around because it's small enough, mm-hmm. yet not quite big enough. So yep. it'll fit in your suit pocket, for example. Yep. It'll easily fit in your bag, of course. I think that is going to be. I think if it was any bigger, it'd be a little bit unwieldy for for a corporate user anyway. I think this this is a genuine consumption device. The iPad bridges the gap because you can you can do some good typing and stuff on it mm-hmm. to to an extent. I think this really would be a struggle to to do a lot of typing on. I think you're going to keep to your BlackBerry for that basic Absolutely. stuff. But, um, you know, the number one thing that, that stood out for me was the gesture control. Now, yeah. we all know that other, de- other devices, and the iPads, obviously, one of them has a big home button on it. Uh, and there was the rumored multi-touch gestures uh, with the iPad, which never came about in, in the latest release. They will in the future. Um, this con- The controls for this, so, for example, to, to switch back to your home screen and see your uh, running tasks, you, you swipe your finger from the very edge of the device. So using a bit of that black... Uh, bezel around the outside, you swipe your finger across that and up onto the screen and, and you, you release your apps. You swipe from the right-hand side bezel across into the screen and you, you go into a multitask mode mm. where you can very quickly scroll switch between through what's apps. Open, yeah. And from the top right-hand corner down into the screen and you're launching your, your, kind of, your, your menu bar, essentially, yeah, where you can see your settings and, yeah. and, your, and your battery life and stop and play videos and, uh-huh. and volume. I quite liked how to end the task, you just flick it upwards and yeah. say goodbye. What, what was it? It's time to go. Time to go. You know, it it's it's slick. I mean, they said it's in their little good. in their very quick presentation, they said they're they're after a no lag device. I think they nailed that. I didn't see any lag, and we only had a quick muck around, but no lag. There's uh, there's a couple of cameras too. We should mention three megapixel at the front, five megapixel at the back, and capable of shooting full HD video. That's 1080p, which is video. crucial because they've got a, a micro HDMI uh, connection on it as well. So you oh. could shoot a, a HDMI or sorry, a high definition video. Uh, put a micro HDMI cable in onto a plasma, and bingo, you're showing that. At the same as you could also, and this is another uh, use case they suggest, is you know a, a person doing a PowerPoint presentation, for example, takes it with them, plugs in the micro HDMI onto a plasma or a projector screen, and I bingo, do. you do your presentation mm-hmm. from there. Um, there are some that, that I mean, I think it's got a compelling case to make. 
um, the, the the key the key problem that everyone's having in the tablet market is apps. And here's the, here's where they set themselves apart. This thing supports Adobe Air, Adobe Flash, and and HTML Java five and yeah. Android. So yes. Android apps, and it's a bit unclear, but essentially the way I read it is when you when this thing's active and when they when they've got it all sorted, um, you'll be able to download an Android player essentially like an emulator yep. uh, and, and that emulator will run any Android app the Android apps won't be available through the Android market you'll use the normal Blackberry app world and there'll be a distinct Android section mm-hmm. and when you download the app it'll then uh, it'll launch through yeah. the emulator that, that's a that's key feature I think Blackberry like, like Apple have got their own operating system Blackberry got their own operating system, mm. but for them to bring in that little Android feature yeah. on top is going to really adds a lot of power to this product. I think that there's the Android apps are only going to increase, the Blackberry apps are only going to increase, and I think to, to combine the two in that one device is really good. Uh, just on the, just in terms of the form factor, yep. I quite liked how it's quite thin. It's only ten like one centimeter thick, which yep. is quite nice. And what about the weight, Trevor? Four hundred grams. grams. Can you handle that? I think I can. I think I can manage. It, it. was quite light, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, look, it's light. Even it's, you can hold this because it's think. not the sort of device you are going to lie in bed using. I don't think. I think that's still yeah. a BlackBerry place. Um, and uh, you know, sitting at, sitting there, you can bridge. So it's only Wi-Fi as we discussed, but you can bridge through Bluetooth as you mentioned. Your your BlackBerry, so you can surf the web on the on the playbook, basically using the data on your BlackBerry now. Price point wise, obviously we don't have a date or a price for Australia, well, but they've got US knowing pricing, what we do yeah. now, we've got US, US pricing. US pricing, which uh, sixteen is five hundred US, thirty two is six hundred, sixty four gig seven hundred, and let's face it, the dollar the way it's travelling, it's they're, they're the same prices as Aussie dollars, I'd say. Look, uh, the two two key take ups uh, were, were the bezel control. I think that's really going to impress people when they get to play with it, and I think. It's interesting to me, and I didn't ask the question. I probably should have. The, the key, he kept saying key differentiator. I'm not sure what they're differentiating against, uh, whether it's the iPad or the Galaxies and things like that. But in the end, their key point of difference is uh, is is the corporate uh, grade. Absolutely, it's a workhorse. This yeah. this is this has got really got some terrific business applications and companies that are already BlackBerry deployed. Yep. They're going to think, look at this. Well, this is going to be seamlessly added to their network. So I think that's got a huge. That's a huge thing going for it there. All right, you'll be able to uh, read and view more about the playbook, some videos, some photos, and everything on techguide.com.au and uh, and on probably on yourtechlife.com.au as well. The BlackBerry playbook coming out before July. Steve, I love my flip camera. Well, it's a collector's item now, Trevor. Isn't they're, it? They're going to discontinue it after four years. I know tech moves fast, but four years. That's, well, uh, I mean, this is this. So the flip camera, for people who haven't seen it, is a little camera the size of a mobile phone, essentially. It got its name because there's a little uh, switch on the side. You switch it and out flicks or flips uh, a USB dongle. So you don't actually need to carry any cables or anything. The software's in it. You plug it into any computer and you can do your video editing, uploads, all those things. Absolutely. Now, Cisco bought the company that created the flip a few years ago. And and even earlier this year at CES, they were talking about the the flip and their consumer well, range, yes. and now they've announced it's gone. It's, it's dead. Gone. They're going to shut it down. I think. Uh, well, Cisco, yeah, they bought the the company. It was just a San Francisco startup company actually yeah. that created the flip in two thousand and seven, which isn't that long ago. It's like five hundred million or something they well, paid. Didn't they, they? they? Yeah, well, they paid about six hundred million Australian. Yeah. But they sold in the first two years two million of these devices, which is huge. And yeah. it even companies like such as Sony, Kodak, even went so far as to to make copies of this product. And, and, and I think uh, that's what's yeah. killed it. I think what's killed it is... Well, I think the smartphone has, a, has killed it, in fact. But. I, I'm not 100% on that. I think 
that's probably a good reason to put behind it. But I think that this device it suffers from massive competition now. Every camera maker has the ability to just churn out one of these Absolutely, things because yeah. they let people like the form factor. And like you say, um, I mean, even the Playbook's shooting videos, the iPad shooting Full videos, HD. the iPhone, everything well, the is iPhone, shooting videos. We're all shooting HD. I think that the, the, the rise of this product has mirrored the rise of the smartphone. And people yep. are seeing now that, well, hang on, my smartphone can shoot HD video. I don't need to buy a flip. I can I can do this all in one device. Yeah, it's, I think it's sad, to, but uh, look, this is the way tech goes. And uh, but you know, as a, if I was a shareholder of Cisco, I'd be asking questions because that's a lot of money yeah, they parted with for this thing. They and did, uh, now to now to say goodbye to it. In the grand scheme of things, Cisco, this is kind of like a this is a pimple this is to nothing. them. This is like mm. they're a multi-billion dollar company. This is kind of something that they shut down. It's going to cost. There's going to be 550 people lose their jobs over this. But to Cisco, they thought well, the the, the it was time to shut it down because, like we said, these other products are. Coming into the market now that can do this job just as well. Just before we move on, did you get a sense from any of the announcements today about where they're going with their other consumer products? They have the Linksys modems and routers and things. I got a sense they were going to look for more profitability in that area and things like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got to be very careful. That that too is a competitive market. Absolutely, I think you know Cisco are no dummies. They've mm. uh, they've grown into a massive company, and well, they're looking at the at the the purchase of Flip a couple of years ago as maybe just a blip on the radar to them, but. I think, yeah, obviously connected services, connected products uh, are the future, and, mm. and uh, they're well invested in those areas. Well, it's uh, kind of ironic. We sit here in the offices of uh, BlackBerry in North Sydney, and just over over your shoulder I can see the Cisco building uh, overlooking the harbour. So, Cisco hello, people. Cisco, and <laughs> goodbye, Flip. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, uh, I'm, a, I'm an Optus customer, Trevor, and uh, I'm an Optus mobile customer, mm-hmm. and I can remember one time calling Optus because I, I live in, a, in, in I hardly get any reception in my house. Yep. And I remember ringing Optus one day, and I was given a, kindly given a number by Optus Corporate, and I said, well, ring these people and see if they can help you out. And mm-hmm. I rang this number, and I said, look, this is where I live. What, what's going on? And they said to me, Mr. Fennig, it appears you live in a black spot. And I said, thanks, genius. <laughs> thanks. That's why I'm ringing you for. <laughs> so anyway, th- that wasn't resolved. But anyway, this week, Optus announced a new product called the 3G Home Zone. Now, what this basically is, it's a femtocell device, which is basically a mini base station. And this is nothing new. These are, these are being used They're overseas being commercially a available, not, but not, you weren't allowed to buy them for your home. I think right. businesses and large companies could buy them. Mm. I've worked at an organisation that deployed a, a certain Telstra network because there. of the, a certain radio announcer. <laughs> it just had to be working. So this there is now in it. the home. That's How right. does it work, though? Well, this is what I don't well, get. Well, what it does, it, it's a, a, it kind of looks like a modem. Mm-hmm. And it connects to your broadband connection at home. So you've got, mm-hmm. you've got ADSL cable. Yep. No matter what, who the provider is, it doesn't have to be Optus. It can be anybody. Yep. You connect this device to that, to that connection. Right. And what it does somehow boosts the 3G signal in your home mm. 30 metre radius so you can get up to five bars of coverage. Within 30 metres. So, yeah. And up to four devices can be used at once on that particular network. So if you've got pretty poor reception, yeah. Uh, then this product is going to really like, and, and whether you're at home, let's face it, people use their their mobiles for their small their offices, their small yep. businesses. So this could be, you know, the product costs two hundred and forty dollars, or you can oh. buy it on a plan. So mm. a lot of people have said, well, hang on, we're, we're paying we're, we're paying, paying to, 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 to fill in the Optus black spots, but it's only got a if, thirty if meter radius. So. If it's important absolutely. to you, you want yeah, to absolutely. do it. So here's my question on it. Um, it plugs into the broadband, so they're basically using my broadband as their backhaul to their mobile cell tower. So who's paying for the data? 
Well, I, I haven't got one. I'm actually hoping to receive one to test. I've contacted them, and I'm keen just to see how yeah, much it will boost my spot. signal. I'm in the black spot. I don't need a ring Optus for them to tell me that. But anyway, uh, I'm waiting to see this because I get so many people asking me, Steve, how do I improve my Optus signal at home? And my answer yeah. is switch to Telstra. I don't know. I yeah, yeah. Turn off your 3G. I don't know. I, it's You can't just build a, a, a base station in your backyard. I but guess now with this only, device, it might If it's only me. you and maybe uh, someone else in your family, the, the data couldn't be that heavy because it's really just converting your mobile. Uh, call into a VoIP call to their exchange and routing it around. But oh, I'm just curious about the whole data aspect of it. I mean, it is it does trouble me a little bit that we're we're kind of paying to upgrade the network. But if you if you're a, a happy Optus customer in terms of the value you're getting and you want better reception at home, hey. It's great to have the option. Absolutely. I think uh, we heard about all the Vodafone troubles. If they had a product like this, maybe a lot of those troubles had, might have gone away. But Optus are doing the right thing and uh, looking after the customers with this new product. And uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. You can uh, access the uh, the podcast, Two Blokes Talking Tech, on iTunes every week. Uh, should be available every Wednesday night. Uh, this week, a slight ex- uh, exception because we're uh, we're under embargo with the discussion about playbooks. So Thursdays when you've got the podcast. Thank you for your patience. Uh, and uh, and also at Two Blokes Talking Tech, and you can send us an email there as well. And thank you to the good people at Netgear. Netgear.com.au, Netgear. Uh, if you're looking for modems, routers, or home connections, Steve, Netgear, quality products uh, and good value, uh, we, we recommend you check them out. Absolutely, yeah. Connect your TV, connect all your other devices, your PlayStation. If you don't have the cord at the... Like, look, I've got a cord there, Trevor, but I'm a rare exception, I think. Mm. The, uh, a lot of people don't have that connection in their lounge rooms and where they've got these devices. You can use these bridging products from Netgear to get yourself online. Now, uh, you can follow all the news and information on technology at techguide.com.au every week. That's Steve's website where he's uh, churning out more content than he's ever done in his career as a journal, I've <laughs> got to say. Doing course. a great job. Now, mate, last week, uh, and, and I'm, I'm a massive, obviously, advocate for digital radio and the Pure Company. Now, this is a, a, a small company, relatively, but they're owned by the people that have technologies in the iPhone. I mean, they're providing touch uh, touchscreen. Yes, exactly. Yes. Um, now, they've launched a thing called Flow Songs, uh, which is essentially... Um, when you've got an internet-connected digital radio through Pure, um, it's basically a song identifier. So you can—it's like Shazam on your iPhone. If you've mm-hmm. got that app and you hold it up in a pub and, and it'll recognise the song, you can be listening to any radio station. Press the press a button and it will tell you what the song is. And not only that, but it'll allow you to purchase the song and add it to your uh, Flow Songs Lounge uh, library. Which is That's look, right. it's, it's, it's innovative. Feature. I will say that absolutely. Well, you you think radio is probably their first point of contact for music that we we discover. Right. We discover music, listen to the radio, and the opportunity to buy that song on the spot is uh, I think it's revolutionary because as you said you, you can tag the song yep. and then pay for it mm. and it will allow you to then play that stream that song to the device as many times as you want but mm. if you then go to the lounge.com which is their online portal their mm. music portal it'll be then displayed in a pl- in your own list of songs yep. that you own and you can actually download the file so mm. if you want to listen to it on your on your mp3 player or on your device uh, it allows you to do that I think uh, this is a it's already been released in the UK to 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 decent uh, to decent following and, and, and success, so I think there's going to be a, a winner here as well. I think um, look, I think it's a, a not a, it's not a massive innovation, in fact, because on the iPod Nano you can be listening to I think it's Nova and Two Day, at least a couple of FM stations in Sydney, and you can t- 
tag songs using their RDS system, and then when you plug it into iTunes, it'll, it'll give you that option to buy those songs. So it's not radically new, but it's bringing it to the actual radio device. And that's that's what's a little new here. Um, all power to Pure for innovating, but the problem is something like this needs to be an industry standard for yeah. all the different radios well, the, to accept. The technology, I think, is going to be licensed to other manufacturers. Obviously, Pure are going to have a whole range of flow technology compatible devices, yep. so this, is, uh, this service is possible, but... You think of the the music industry in the UK are, are obviously right behind it, mm. and uh, from what I'm hearing, that the uh, the music industry in Australia are going to do the same thing. So I think uh, any way we can help people buy music, the music industry is going to support that, and this is a way to do it. And just quickly, something without notice, uh, thinking of the music industry in the UK or the radio industry in the UK, people that didn't know, uh, la- last week the UK radio industry got together and launched a single online media player. So if you go to the to the website of Absolute Radio, which is you know kind of radio station uh, and, and you click listen live it'll launch a player a pop-up player like like we've all seen but the thing is now you, you can actually choose any radio station in the country from that pop-up player they've all used the same back end the same it's actually a bbc technology they've worked okay. together to do it it's a really exciting innovation in an industry like radio getting together to to push themselves onto the public Absolutely. rather than having this di- disparate you know group of different players different methods different everything so it's really interesting thing to, to watch and over the next month or two will be very interesting to see how they go with their uh, their global media player in the uk two blokes talking tech you're listening to two blokes talking tech with trevor long and stephen fennick now, Trevor, there was some uh, news uh, overnight of uh, from Nokia, actually, who have done a couple of things. They've revamped the, a couple of smartphones and also the Symbian operating system that mm. ru- that, that runs uh, on on board. So, uh, that Nokia have they've, they've no this is no newsflash, but they've taken a bit of a hit in the smartphone market Just of late a bit, yeah. uh, with you know, with iPhone, BlackBerry, Android devices really sort of leading the way, and the sort of Symbian operating system. In my opinion, I've said this in several of my reviews, it makes those devices look kind of dated. Yeah. So what I, what I'm happy to, to 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 talk about here is that Nokia have actually gone ahead and given the Symbian system a much needed makeover, made it a little bit more Android like. It's not mm. exactly like Android, but to go with it, they've got a couple of really cool handsets, including. One of them is the X7, which is a really space-age-looking device with a big 4-inch AMOLED screen. And the other device is the E6, which is... At first glance, I thought it was the BlackBerry Bold when I first looked, looked oh, okay. at it. Like you have a look at it, there. Oh, it's, yeah. it looks like the BlackBerry it's the, Bold. Is a replacement for the E seventy one. It is, yeah. Well, it's it's got a couple of new features. The fact that it's uh, apart from the new operating system, it's also got a touch screen. Despite having a QWERTY uh, keyboard, yes. it's also got the touch screen. So they're beating BlackBerry to that because I'm desperately awaiting well, the, 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 the new Bold, Bold is going to have that touch right. screen. But uh, I think from a Nokia perspective, I, I remember talking to the Australian MD a couple of years ago and asking him. I said, "Why don't you just run Android on your phones? Because mm. they make great hardware. I don't yeah. know whether you, I, I love their." Make they make great, great hardware devices, but like that E seventy one, which is their QWERTY, and it was, and then the E sixty one. There's the different yeah. versions of it, but you know, I liked it. I could have moved to that because because I need the keyboard. That's why I, that's why I use a BlackBerry. But the the interface is just shocking, and yeah, and it's it just, just, looks just a bit old, doesn't it? It's just it's dated. It's like using a Commodore sixty four basic, <laughs> not the new one, yeah. uh, on, on a on a on a BlackBerry or, or an iPhone. It's no, just bad. I... So, but here's the thing. Like, this is the only thing I don't understand. I think it's great. But this is just gaps. This is just gap filler. I mean, they've already they're on a burning platform. We know that yes. now. They're, they're they're starting to douse the flames, which is awesome. Yeah, they've teed up but with Microsoft. Why Windows would you? 7. Why would you deploy? Frankly, what 
I just don't get it. Why wouldn't you just push hard, hard, hard and churn out? How hard could it be to put Windows 7 in and knock your phone? Not hard It can't at all. be hard. You I know. Think, but what they're going to do, you've got to remember there's like, we're talking about 200 million Symbian users are still are still out there. Yeah, and I that's think true. they're going to try to, to, to transition them with these devices to Symbian. So keep them on Symbian. But I think, look, in long term, I think Nokia, this is my opinion, they should bite the bullet and make an Android phone. Well, I think they that's, I think that's gone it. now. I think that's dead. I mean, the fact well, that they've done this partnership with Windows, Microsoft, means they're going to they're going to go Windows Phone. And I think if you look at uh, HTC as a good example, they've well, got Windows Phone and Android. They do. Smart move. Yeah, Hello. Well, you know what? And they're they're the I, I call HTC the the Nokia of the twenty first century. They've and really taken yep. over. From Nokia, Prolific. they've really There's filled handset- the No one had heard of HTC four years ago. They've got a handset at every amazing. level, uh, and for every use, Absolutely. they've got a handset to fill the gap. Yeah. Um, and, and the only thing competing with HTC right now is the potential for Sony Ericsson, which we talked about last week. Yes. And, mate, I played, I, I actually made the Sony Xperia Arc my main phone for four yes. days. Yeah, I reviewed that this oh, week, too. And I, actually, a couple of friends who read you, my review said, I'm, I'm getting the Xperia these guys, Arc. Yeah, these guys are, let's are not competing. Forget, though, let's not forget Samsung are going to come out with a Galaxy S2 mm. very very soon, and I've had a little play with that. I had a little little look at a, a product in back in February during the Mobile World Congress. I had an mm. event here in Sydney, and let me tell you, that's going to be a really cool Android. It's going to really compete with the Arc yep. for a start in terms of form factor, but it's uh, it's all going to take that Android platform that we're talking about uh, that one step further. Now, now, mate, just a quick one, uh, and I put this is very hard to describe, so I, I do encourage people to uh, have a look for this video, uh, yourtechlife.com. I put a video up of what I, what I thought when I saw it could potentially be a, a big thing in the future of online shopping. Now, we all know you can go to a website, you can look at a product, you can click buy, you can change the color and stuff. Um, 3 Mobile, which still exists as an independent company in, in Sweden, um, have, have literally put R&D into a back-end um, shopping network essentially where you can be on your computer you can go to the website you can say I want to buy a phone and up on your screen will come a full screen it'll be a person's face it'll be a salesperson and that salesperson can virtually put in front of you phones that are options they can put plan details they can have you sign right. up you know so sign it's away it's in- fully interactive really flash based at the user end but at the other end they have built this screen you have to see it to believe it it's this setup where they've got the lighting and everything but it's this amazing touch screen interface they have so built virtual showroom which is a virtual showroom uh, and they've got people in a call center like thing using these devices I'm telling you this is really impressive because what you want to say is and you can imagine I can imagine it in fashion I can totally imagine yeah. my wife saying can I I need Try a handbag and they go and they, and they swipe with their finger and they drag and drop and you see it happen in real time and she goes here's a handbag and my wife says well can I get it in pink and, and they go here it is in pink and they can sit them side by side uh-huh. and she can say no no that one and, and do the options see the totals um, you know with mobile telcos you know sign away read your privacy all that sort of stuff uh-huh. this is really exciting and I encourage I people to have sense. a look to see this is the future this is how and, and again this is kind of MBN stuff but this is how when you have the right bandwidth behind what you're doing you can really do some great stuff in the screen that changes the way we interact with the internet and, and kind of uh, generally interact online. Absolutely. Like online shopping is not going to shrink anytime no soon. It's only going to grow. And, and something like this, that's one drawback. People say, well, I can't try it on or I can't try do no. this and I can't ask someone a question or it's not as easy. If you have that immediate uh, con- contact with someone online, then 
the sky's the limit. You know, you go to those places and they say, click here to live chat now, and you get a... Oh, I've actually yeah. had that, and you get a chat box. I'm like, oh... A, you can't yeah, see the person, so, so you, don't, you don't know that they're actually sitting actually there live. waiting there. Oh, I've done it once or twice, and, and you do, but you've got to wait for them to go. And then, like, if you're at work, and, and you've got this five-minute window, and they, they take forever, and you go away, they come back and say, you're, you've been disconnected after something. I'm like, dude, I had to go and do some work, you know? Um, so this is a real person to real person. You've got that one-on-one interaction. And this is sweet. Very it's a, so anyone around the world can shop on this site? Or well, is it, I think it's really for, for, for Swedish Swedes residents, looking for a new mobile example, phone. But oh, you can see, put it this way, if I was David Thody, I would be going to Sweden and I would be paying whatever it took to get this technology right. on the Telstra website. Well, we know Telstra normally pay attention to what we say, Trevor. So absolutely. Hopefully, uh, <laughs> Mate, I expect to see this on Telstra.com <laughs> any day now. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, Trevor, we all know that uh, 2011 is really going to be the year of the smart TV. <laughs> now, but what do you do? Who owns that already, name? Well, I don't know. I think, well, Samsung are throwing Samsung it around. Might LG be... are using it. Has it been copyrighted? Uh, is there a smarttv.com.au? Should we invest in that? We should definitely invest in the trademark. Well, besides that. But what if I've got an old clunker? Exactly right. If you if you bought a TV six months ago. It's an old clunker. It's not a smart TV. Well, it's not as smart as the new TVs. But beyond Wiz, who we usually know built set-top boxes, PVRs, and right. a very, very good company, uh, have come up with this new product called, and now I don't know how to pronounce this, is it the Wiz OTT or the Wizot? What do we call this, Trevor? I'm going to say Wiz OTT. OTT, all right. Well, we'll go with that. But what it but is, OTT is basically... OTT in, in internet language means over the top. Well, this Isn't is like LOL bring, well, and it's going to bring your TV over the top, Trevor, right. your old TV. It's going to do exactly that. OTT. Think, could that be why they did that, I reckon? That's I think good, so. That's, I think that's a great idea. But yeah. anyway, the uh, this device is about the size of about, I think it's like a it's like a fat CD case, I'm going to call it. Okay. And what it does, it connects like to those your... those old CD cases. Yeah, I know the ones. Yep. Yeah, like the double CD case. Yeah, yeah. Ones. But uh, what it does, it connects to your wirelessly or through, through a cable to your internet connection. Mm-hmm. Then connects via HDMI to your TV, and it's got a built-in browser. It can run Android apps. It can turn any TV into a smart TV. How fast is it? Have you had a play? I haven't had a play. It's only just been announced. I've been in contact with our friends at Beyond Wiz to get my hands on one, but uh, it's got a built-in browser that runs Flash. Uh, can run a number of Android apps, which are already compatible to view on your TV. Uh, it's also a media player too, so you can play your, your files. Uh, it's two hundred and forty-nine dollars. It's pricey. I've got to say, it's a bit pricey when well, when you look at the other a new kind TV, of media Trevor. Player. Yeah, but there's a lot of media players out there. WD have got them. Netgear have got them. Mm-hmm. This is probably the only one that I've heard that's got a browser built into it. My only concern, and I'm a bit hesitant now about um, devices that say they are Android included, because mm-hmm. I've got that picture frame we talked about a few weeks ago, and it's just clunky as anything because I think it's got a you know 100 hertz processor yeah. in it, not a, not a gigahertz. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. If 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 the software's not backed up with the right hardware, it really, you'd really do notice it. Um, and we, we as consumers, come to expect what BlackBerry demonstrated to us today, and that is snappy. No lag, just yeah. click and click and happen. We've an impatient bunch, haven't we? If, oh. something's, if something's not working in a second, we think it's slow. So beyond Beyond Wiz, Wiz yeah. Well, it's come, you, you've got to remember, they, they, they are in the business anyway. They make oh, PVRs. They know well, what they're this doing. This will be so. a really interesting one to muck around oh, with. I think so. And, uh, because I'm looking forward to a bit more of that. It's Look, and let's not kid ourselves, this is all coming about... 
not because of, but it's being pushed because Google have got this thing called Google TV. It's going okay in the US, but it's about having a web browser and having a TV still like in a picture-in-picture on the screen. You still want to be able to watch TV, but you want to be able to do other things while you're while you are enjoying TV and I think that's look if that can happen for people who have unfortunately you know bought a TV a year ago and, and feel like they had the best thing back then and maybe don't now well the devices like this will become so prolific um, do, sorry does it have tuner built into it or is that a separate device no it uses your TV's tuner yeah. but uh, so LG it, have got a similar product too they announced that at CES now we're going this week to the LG smart TV launches this yep. week so but LG also have a similar product that can turn your older TV into a smart TV and as we'll, we'll talk about the LG one uh, ones next week the, the exciting thing about theirs is they've got a really cool wand based yes. remote control which allows you to the kind magic of point remote. Yes. magic remote so we'll talk about that a bit next week Two Blokes Talking Tech you're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick uh, thank you for listening, and thank you to Antoinette and the team here at Research in Motion for allowing us the use of the uh, the boardroom here. It's the Bondi boardroom. Well, it's I might stay room. here. It's, it's a beautiful Bondi view. Boardroom. Lovely it's view. A beautiful here. view here at uh, North Sydney. So thank you to uh, to Blackberry, and we we enjoyed the playbook. I look forward to having a play with it because I am a, a bit nutty about my my Blackberry. So we'll have a bit bigger and better play in the coming months. It'll be out in the in the US uh, in in only a week or so. So right. you'll see devices hitting town. But uh, the Black, Blackberry playbook. Plenty of info on TechGuide.com.au. Stephen, thank you. Very very much. My pleasure, Trevor. Great to actually do this face-to-face with you finally. We shall do it again. 